Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on go to Dobbs.com now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Former Dodger general manager and now pre and post game host on Dodgers baseball, three-time Emmy Award winner Ned Coletti. Kind enough to join us, an old friend and a great guy. Ned, good morning. How you doing? Hey, Randy. Good to be with you today. Uh, I thought of you last week when the Padres announcement of the Fernando Tatis Jr. deal came down, $340 million over 14 years. As you were watching that and reading about the contract for a guy who's played 143 major league games, what was your take on that signing? Well, I don't think he's going to have the cable bill stuck to the refrigerator with a magnet anymore, waiting for the date to show up when he'd have money in a checking account. (laughs) I think, uh, obviously, it's uh, the times and a really talented player. Um, I see him all the time in the uh, NL West. you know, when you when you have a young player like that, you you get the impulse that you that you need to to tie him up for a long time. He's got strong representation, so they're going to push the uh, the effort. I'm certain on on the representation side. But uh, you know, I've done some. I think I did three of the biggest deals of that period of time. Um, I signed Sandberg, 28 million for four. Uh, that seems like like a week's work now. Uh, Barry Bonds, I think, was about ninety for five, and then uh, Clayton was a two hundred and twelve maybe for for seven, something like that. So uh, I've been in those shoes before. I've never, uh, I don't think I've ever said three hundred before though. And for Ned, Ned, for 143 games, I think a lot of people look at that on the surface and they think, is that enough of a sample size to want to commit to someone, to commit to a player for 14 years? But have you seen enough out of him to think that he's worthy of that deal and that it's going to be beneficial for the Padres long term? Well, I I look at it in a bunch of different ways always. Um, And I learned through trial and error and success and failure you know, you really have to, as much as anything, you know, you can gauge the talent and uh, you got no doubt, tremendously talented. You have to gauge, and this is what I don't know. This is what I assume AJ is, is riveted to is the personality, the, uh, the hunger for success. And I don't mean financial success, because obviously you've got that now, but for the fierceness to be a world champion, you know, if, um, when I would be involved with the draft and I would talk to some of the, the young players that were considered for the number one pick, number two pick, uh, I'd say, so why do you do this? Why do you do this? Do you do this for, for money? Do you do this for lifestyle? Why, what's the going, what, what is the purpose of this? And if I didn't hear a world series championship in there pretty quickly, I shied away a little bit because you know, that can't be the only thing. Let, let's face it. If, if, if you're a player today and you're going to have any length of time in the big leagues, 
you're going to have more financial wherewithal than probably anybody you've ever known, except maybe a teammate. So I think you have to know the character. You have to know the hunger. You have to know that the money is not going to change this player, that the, the easiness of, of cashing massive checks every, every two weeks doesn't detract from, from who the people are. And, uh, you know, you just got yourself a third baseman there that, that I've watched a lot in the NL West, too. And this kid, he plays hard every day. I'd see him take ground balls. If his best third baseman in the National League, Nolan, he'd still work at his craft every day. That's the kind of player you want to have. Speaking of Nolan Arenado, Ned, how would you grade that trade from the Cardinal side and from the Rocky side? Well, I think everybody's graded it pretty accurately already. I think uh, St. Louis did a tremendous job with it. And, to, you know, when you just saw the talent uh, that Nolan brings, and, again, I've I've had the – I'll, I'll call it a pleasure. Did I like seeing him every time? No, because it usually meant that we were going to be in trouble, you know. But uh, uh, you look at the talent and you say, yeah, this is – you know, he's – He's as, as good as you're going to find to play that position with power, work ethic, and, and really a burning desire to win. And, and then you look at $50 million as well, and it's like, whoa, you know, how did this happen, you know? And uh, so I think the Cardinals did, did a great job, and, and Colorado certainly helped them out, not only with the talent, but with paying part of the, part of the bill. Ned, I remember talking to you about the big trade that you made with the Red Sox when you got Crawford and Gonzalez and how you asked the Red Sox for more money. And didn't ownership say, hey, you better not mess this deal up over money. So how much negotiation goes into getting money back in a deal like that when, you, when you're negotiating with the other GM? Well, I think but what you have to do, Randy, is you have to scout everybody. You know, people think, oh, people scout, they scout a player. They scout a player when he's at the ballpark playing in a major league game. Well, that's 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 a fallacy. You scout from the from everything. You scout social media to figure out who people are. You also scout your GMs and your competition. And so you know when they get on the phone and they're talking to you, you know where they're at by and large in in, in their situation. Are they anxious? Are they are they confident? Uh, where, where they sit? And I think as and I'm sure that uh, everybody in St. Louis knows everybody in Colorado. I think as you as you start to negotiate, you start to get a sense what's possible. And you can just tell, you know, I've, I've done it for almost 30 years. You can tell by the tone of somebody's voice, the anxiety, how often they call you, uh, how often the, what the conversations are like, all those things. And I think it's it's uh, you know you, you can get a pretty good feel for where people are at. I had an agent that every time I, I got close to a deal, um, he, his voice would rise and it would start to have a staccato to it, believe it or not. So I knew the deal was done. He might be asking for more money and more years, but I knew this guy was, was excited to say yes, but he was going to keep trying to get me to say yes. So you just pay attention. You got to scout everybody. I scouted scouts because I needed to know how they thought. How did they think? Some guys grade high, some guys grade low. Some guys will say yes to any player. Some guys will say no to every player. So it's it's really a, a matter of really paying attention and, and learning everybody you're going to deal with and how they're going to react, including your players, certainly, including your minor leaguers, your coaches, but your agents, absolutely. You know, I could give you a scouting report on pretty much every agent that did work from the mid-'80s to uh, five years ago. You know, how they work, how they think, what I what I was going to be hearing, if, if there was going to be a little bit of a 
little bit of taking liberty with the truth? Was it a little bit of, of uh, you know, gamesmanship? Or was it just straight up, hey, this is what we need. He wants to be there. Can you do it? Can you not? And, you know, that was cool. But anyway, um, it's a long answer. But you had to really pay attention to everybody and how they think. But I, I think it's brilliant. And I'm guessing that not every general manager does that. And you have to know, I, I was telling Michelle how relentless you are as a fantasy hockey GM. And he, <laughs> I said he, he would call every day, sometimes twice a day. But uh, and that when the Cardinals made the deal with Arenado, that's what I pictured Mosaloc as, is calling Jeff Breidich every day saying, oh, well, can we do it this way? Can we do it this way? Can we do it this way? I would imagine there's some GMs that don't like to be called every day or twice a day and some that that's what you have to do to get the deal done. Well, again, it's, it's paying attention. And if you know that this, if you know that uh, the person you're trying to make the deal with, if you know that they um, are anxious or you know that they want the conversation or they're, they're great conversationalists, um, you know, you can do that. If you know that every time you call, you're going to push them further away, you know, you stop calling. You know, I mean, you know, the guys of my generation, the, the Walt Jockeys, who you know well, and uh, and Doug Melvins and and uh, Jimmy Hendry's and the late Kevin Towers, you know, we could get on the phone and just, you know, just talk. Just, you know, talk about whatever and make a few jokes, have a few laughs. And then say, hey, I was thinking about this and kind of work it in. Other guys, you got to jump right in and say, hey, look, this is where I'm calling. You know, we're not going to small talk. We don't really, we may not even like each other. So, you know, <laughs> let's not try and fool each other that we do, you know. Ned, we had John Mozalak on the show with us on Friday, and he was talking about how fans never really know what's going on behind the scenes. Like, as you mentioned, that the front office is scouting everyone involved in these deals, and there's a lot of legwork involved, a lot of calls being made. So as you're talking about knowing when a deal's getting close, because you can hear it in the agent's voice, I'm wondering if you ever got to the point where you heard that tone and you thought a deal was done and then it fell apart. And if there's one of those deals that still sticks with you that you think, man, that one was close and we almost had it, but it didn't get over the finish line. Yeah, I'll tell you a quick story, and uh, I'll tell you I'll tell you the dynamics of the situation too. I was looking for a backup catcher, and uh, I wasn't I wasn't sure this was ever going to get done. But I was I was at the five yard line, right? I had gone ninety five yards. I was at the five, and it was with a player that I had had in San Francisco earlier, AJ Przinsky. And we were looking for a backup catcher. I talked to AJ's agent a handful of times. I knew AJ well enough I could have a conversation with him that I wasn't breaking any any union rules or things. And um, it's about 5 o'clock on the East Coast, and he's, he's in Florida. He's in Orlando. And he says, yeah, you know what? I want to just sleep on this and uh, I want to you know, see the uh, the magic play tonight. And you know, But you know, I think we got something here we can work with. I, I love the idea of coming back there and – and playing for a team that you run and all that stuff. So, you know, let's, you know, let me just sleep on it. So, okay. Usually I put a clock on it, but you know, there's nothing I could do about it. This is how it's going to go. So as time goes on all night long, I'm thinking, you know, I wonder if this is going to happen. I just had this, this little bit of uh, intuitive suspicion about it. And I wake up in the morning and I got a number from a uh, note from AJ. Call me right away. So I call him. I say, Hey, what's up? And he goes, I got bad news. <laughs> and I kind of knew that was where we were going. You know, I said, all right, that's cool. What, what's going on? And he goes, I went to the game last night. They were playing the bulls and Jerry Reinsdorf owns the bulls. And, and, uh, you know, he was the owner of the, his owner of the Sox, And so I just got done playing for him. And, uh, 
he says, Hey, what are you doing? What are you, where are you going to play next year? And I said, I was coming to LA and that I was going to sign you know, the deal there. He says, how much are you getting? I told him what, what we had agreed upon basically. And, and he said, Oh, I'll do better than that right here, right now, but you got to take it right here, right now. So by halftime, he had signed AJ Krasinski and I was sitting in LA waiting for the phone to ring. You know? Oh man. Wow. <laughs> so that could happen, you know, but I'm friends with AJ, you know, so it was it's all right, you know, but. I mean, that's a that's a, an example that comes right away. You know, you always had I always had a feel. I was rarely surprised when things went in the way that you 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 signed somebody. That doesn't mean it was a good deal. It just means you had them. Right. And and if if it was going to fall apart, you can just tell. You know, if you pay attention. And look, I I grew up grew up in Chicago. I lived in a garage till I was five years old. I had wonderful parents. We had no money. We had no resource. So from a, from the time I was six, seven years old, maybe younger, I had to pay attention to what people were saying because that's how I could survive in the neighborhood I grew up in. I didn't grow up in, you know, the, you know, the Tony neighborhood. I, I grew up in, in a tough spot. So I had to pay attention and, you know, it served me well. You know, I don't have a law degree. I've negotiated probably $2 billion worth of deals because you listen, you listen, you pay attention, you do your research, you do your preparation and you have the courage to say, no, you have to say, no, if you're the team, if you don't say no to an agent at some point, why would they stop asking you right, yeah. for more? Right. So you have to have the courage to say, no, every deal I ever did, I says, I'm done. I'm not going a nickel higher. And you know what? It's now a yes or a no. Call your man. Give me a, you know, give you a half hour, an hour. Uh, call me back. I hear you're shopping a deal. Our deal's off the table. Call me back. You want to do something. It's great. Hey, Ned, before we let you go, the Dodgers are going to have a little bit different look. They get David Price for the season. He'd opted out last year. They add Bauer. An influx of some youth. I would assume that Gavin Lux is going to play a little bit more. Jock Peterson is gone along with Kike. Last team to repeat as a pennant winner was the Royals in 14 and 15. I can't imagine that there's a team that's going, maybe the Padres, but I can't imagine there's a team that I like better, that there's going to be a team that I like better than the Dodgers to win the National League pennant this year. What do you think? Well, obviously I got a lot, I got a pretty big investment in, in, in the organization, having been there 15 years and I try to stay non-biased, but I don't know a team that's better. Uh, you know, San Diego is going to be good. There's no doubt, but San Diego has not been where the Dodgers have been. The Dodgers have played about a season and a half longer than everybody else the last eight years because of postseason play. There's something to playing in the postseason. You go back to those Cardinal teams in the eighties, they all knew how to win. Dodgers do know how to win. And I think that, that they're going to have a chance at a ninth division. And uh, if they're playing in the fall classic, I'm not surprised at it. I think one other point for the entire the entire sport is that players got in tune to playing 60 games last year, making 10 starts. If you're a pitcher, now you're back to, and I know starting pitching a little bit different than it was when I was in the middle of it, maybe 25 starts, 27 starts. So your endurance is different. David price. I love the David price acquisition, but David price hasn't pitched since October of 2019. So we're talking about a year and a half off that may help. But again, when you're an athlete, and, and it's something that I, I watch all the time, the older you get, you need a – you don't know necessarily after you've thrown 120, 130 innings that you're not throwing for a while what you're going to have. Not just if you can go out there, but what kind of stuff you're going to have. So I think there's a curiosity across the game with every player 
because you're going to be asked to play not twice as much, but almost closing in on three times as much if you're a postseason team. That's a different approach. That's how you, you manage different, you play different, you think different. Last year, it was a sprint. So guys can play differently in a sprint. People who run track, they, they'll run 110 meters, far different than they're going to run a marathon. Yeah. Ned Coletti, so we'll great, great, yeah, great to hear your voice. Appreciate you taking some time with us to weigh in on that Tatis contract, and hopefully we can talk again soon. All right. Thank you for, uh, for having me on today. All the best. All right. See you, Ned. Take care. Ned Coletti, former Dodgers GM, joining us on 101 ESPN. He's great. Here's the lowdown on lowering bad cholesterol from Lecvio. Lowering bad cholesterol is hard, but you could do hard. You live through five fad diets. 11 sleep training nights, nine mediocre middle school recitals, one heart attack. And with Lecvio, you can lower your bad cholesterol and keep it low with two doses a year after two starter doses. Prescription Lecvio in glycerin is given by a doctor for people with known heart disease on a statin with diet who need more help lowering bad cholesterol. Common side effects were injection site reaction, joint pain, urinary tract infection, diarrhea, chest cold, pain in legs or arms, and shortness of breath. Results may vary. Learn more at lecvio.com or call 1-833-537-8462. Ask your doctor about Lecvio. That's L-E-Q-V-I-O. Lower. Longer. Lecvio. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.